Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. doing well. In today's episode, I want to cover a few things that our family does, which I think have helped us to keep our expenses in check. Inflation is like a raging bull at the moment. And so I think we need to be a little bit smarter when it comes to finding hacks and tricks to reduce our expenses. And certainly for our family 2022, we have had to do that. So I managed to come up with a list of 12 ideas. And again, these are only ideas and a lot of these aren't going to make a huge difference, at least individually, but when compounded, they will make a difference. And I think a lot of it's just about trying to combat the impact on inflation. So let's run through a few of these. Number one, invest to reduce your expenses. So what this means is to actually look to possibly reduce your expenses through investing in things that will ultimately cost you less money each month. So a couple of examples that we've done this year was one, we actually changed our car. So we had a 2006 Toyota Corolla that was a petrol powered car and we changed to a 2013 diesel car, which was an eco diesel sort of type thing. And it has been significantly cheaper for us to run. So even though there was a cost in terms of upgrading the vehicle, I was able to calculate the numbers to justify and work out that that was actually going to save us money in the long run. And equally, we recently got solar panels installed, which are definitely a long-term investment, but they will pay off in the long run. And again, I crunched the numbers on that on the blog. And interestingly, we actually took a personal loan to pay for the solar panels, and I was still able to justify that it was a good investment to do that, even when accounting for the interest on the loan. So again, I'll share a link to that in the show notes. It's actually on a different article in the blog. Number two, switch suppliers often. And this goes for everything. This isn't just your standard utilities. This is all of your utilities and all of your insurances and so on as well. So health insurance is a big one. Every year, make sure if you do have health insurance that you do shop around. And also with health insurance, do check that the plan you're on is actually one that you need. So we actually had this with our own situation and we realized that some of the plans that we were on were probably excess to what we need. And it was actually quite a pushback from the health provider when it came to actually downgrading. If you guys haven't already, check out dolphinutilities.com. So that's actually Dave, uh, who was on the podcast before as a guest. And he also co-hosts the Limerick FI meetup group for me. He went out a year or so ago and formed Dolphin Utilities which is basically a service where he will actually find you the best deal and there's no cost at all. So it's definitely worth checking out. Again, I'll link to his website in the show notes. Number three, cancel subscription services regularly. So this is a little bit of an interesting one and something which I definitely take advantage of. So services like Netflix and Disney Plus, I will often go and cancel. So for example, if we're going to go on holiday for a couple of weeks, I might look to cancel the subscription before we leave. Alternatively, I might just go and look to cancel because often when you do, you then get offered a deal to stay. 
So they might give you three months at half price, for example. So I often look to pretend to cancel, if not do cancel, even for a week or two. Look, most of the time it's my kids that are using those services and watching those services. So it's actually good to see if they're actually watching it. Number four, write a grocery list based on meal days. So this is definitely one that we've picked up recently and we were definitely bad at it a couple of years back before we actually did this. But we make sure that when we go grocery shopping that we actually work out how many days we're shopping for. So we typically have a daily budget of around 30 euros a day. If I'm going to be getting three days worth of groceries that I'm going to be spending 90 euros. And every time we go we make sure that we only get things that we need for those three days. So if it's a case where we see something that isn't on the list for the next three days, maybe an ingredient or something like that for a list that might be not on the immediate list, then we take it off the list. We don't buy it. So it's really quite important that when we go shopping, we're micromanaging what we're buying and we're only getting the things that we're going to need for what's actually on the list for the days that we're going. Number five, have an easy dinner once a week without using your oven. So this is an interesting one. And again, it's something we've definitely adopted. So I talked about with the groceries that we often will plan for three days. And what we do sometimes try and do is we get to the end of the third day and we try and stretch out an extra day. So we basically turn that three days into a four dayer. And that can often be by just eating leftovers or maybe just having like a light sandwich for dinner or something where we're not actually really cooking a meal or preparing. So it's, it's almost like a day off and just an easy dinner day. So again, it takes a little bit of practice to get used to but we're just trying to stretch out the extra day. So it does make a big difference. If we do that once a week, it basically means we're only planning or we're only buying for six days and we're getting that seventh day for free. So that's probably been our trick in terms of combating the inflation and food prices this year. So let's assume for a second that food prices have gone up roughly 10%. We've effectively combated that by adding the easy dinner option or the kind of leftovers day once a week. So number six, take shorter showers. So one thing that we've learned from getting our solar panels in has been that you get this great app that kind of shows your usage and you can actually see, you know, I guess you learn more about how your electricity is actually working. And what's interesting about your electricity usage is that for most of us, we're probably not using that much electricity, at least on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So just having all your appliances running, even your televisions, your computers, they're probably only running maybe two to 300 watts an hour, fairly small usage. But when you start running your ovens, your kettles, your microwaves, and your showers, that's when your usage skyrockets. So I notice that when we run an electric shower, we're actually up to about five kilowatts an hour, which is you know, roughly 20 to 30 times what you'd normally be using when you're just running your appliances day to day. So it is significant. So if somebody in your family is taking long showers, I would highly recommend asking them to take shorter showers because it is a significant cost to your electricity bill. Number seven, track your expenses. So this is all about making you accountable for what you're actually spending. And it's really, really important, I think, to track your expenses. And I often get asked, well, can you send me your template on how you do it? And truth be told, it doesn't really matter how you track your expenses, as long as you're tracking them one way or another. So we have a fairly sophisticated system of trying to budget in our money and we basically put our money into various categories or buckets, if you like, for lack of a better word. And then we try and do micro budgets within those categories. So that's our system, but it's very complicated. And it does take me a little bit of time each week to actually see what's going on. But even if it was just a case 
where you just recorded what you're actually spending and put it into some sort of categories so that you can actually track it at the end of the month to see where your money is going. I think that that would be really, really useful. And if you don't even want to go too hard into categories, I just think what you could do if you want is have like the expenses that are basically your living costs and then have your optional expenses. So how much of your income are you spending on yeah, effectively things that you've got no control over, your bills, your food, yeah, just things to keep you up and running. And then what are you spending on various optional expenses? Now, it may be a case where you could try and reduce some of those optional expenses and boost your savings rate. So that's why it's important to track. But also it just makes us all a little bit more accountable. It makes us think twice about a purchase before we make it. And number eight, implement a no impulse purchasing rule. Okay, so this is an interesting one, and this is really great if you are in a relationship or if you're budgeting with a partner. We kind of have a sign-off system between my wife and I. We're basically, one of us won't just go and purchase something without checking in with the other. Uh, it's a very quick, it's as simple as having a phone call, um, but basically it makes sure that we're budgeting by priority. And this is a real easy one to, to slip, and I've often found we might buy something and you kind of go, why did we buy that when we actually needed something else far more important. So this one's a matter of just trying to eliminate impulse purchasing, very similar to the previous one in terms of making your expenses accountable. Number nine, no convenience shopping. So this is something which we definitely try to avoid and we do very little of. So for starters, whenever you are refueling your car, we have a rule, I've never done it actually, but uh, we have a rule that we never go and purchase anything other than fuel when we are refueling. So we only really buy at supermarkets where we're usually getting a better deal and we don't fall for that trap of just picking up that little chocolate bar or something like that when we see it at a convenience shop. Number 10, pack a lunch slash little to no takeaways. So this, again, this one is about being prepared, but we would hardly ever need to go and buy lunch or and or get takeaways. We're always prepared in terms of making sure that if we are going somewhere, we pack a lunch. And it's very rare that we actually would eat out and have takeaways, possibly once every three months, something like that, or for a special occasion, but never for, you know, just for no reason whatsoever. Um, and again, it's just trying to keep within our budgets. It can, it can blow budgets very, very quickly if you're finding that you're, you're eating out and, and buying takeaways and, and buying lunches. And maybe it's just me, but there seems to be a fascination in Ireland where we, we see a lot of people buying McDonald's and things like that. And I always wonder, are they actually enjoying that? Because like the food really isn't great. And I'm sure our kids go to McDonald's, but I can never honestly say that I've been to McDonald's and come away feeling great about it. So uh, this isn't a specific go at McDonald's, by the way, but I'm just trying to kind of make a point that I would personally prefer my own, <laughs> my own packed lunch to, to eating at many of the, the fast food places that are available. So again, it's just about, about being prepared. Speaking of being prepared, number 11, plan your trips when driving. So this is one that's probably become more needed with fuel prices, obviously going up fairly significantly in the last 12 months or so. So when we lived out in Castle Connell, that was yeah, about 15, 20 minutes from the city. This was something that we had to do all the time anyway. Um, but even now living in the city, we find that we still do this simply because we want to try and save fuel. And I've often noticed people, they might have a list of things to do on a particular day. And I'll kind of ask them, what order did you do that, all those jobs in? And they may have driven from one side of the city back to the other side 
back again to the other side, and they've never really thought about where they need to go. Or the other situation of they go out, they drive, do one thing, come back, go out again, do the next thing, come back, go out again, do the next thing, come back. So this one is all about thinking about what you need to do each day and then planning your trips around that. Um, I even find myself these days that I will often put everything to one day a week so that then I can actually do that in some sort of nice circular pattern with the car so that I'm getting a whole lot of trips done in the one trip. And it really does help when it comes to fuel efficiency. And again, I, I I suggest that for most of us, doing that one simple thing of actually planning our journeys will probably offset the additional costs that we've found that we now experience when filling up our cars. And we've made it to number 12. This is one that my old man taught me many moons ago, and it's something which I actually double-checked recently in my own car, and it has made a huge difference. And number 12, make sure your tires are fully pressurized. So a little thing that uh, a golf buddy of mine told me recently, and I actually didn't know it existed, but if you open the driver's door, there's a sticker on the inside of the door, um, where you obviously can't see it because normally the door is shut that will actually tell you what the recommended pressure is for your tires. So often I would guess by just asking the person who was changing the tire, what sort of pressure would they be setting it to? But I didn't actually realize that on, I suspect on most cars, there is a sticker and it tells you what the pressure should be based on the number of passengers in the car. So I recently adjusted mine according to those specifications and put it on the upper limit because most of the time we are driving with a full car. And I've noticed a significant improvement in our mileage. So definitely check that. Make sure that you have pressurized your tires and that they are up to the recommended standard. Finally, to finish, none of these changes are going to really make a huge difference in terms of your ultimate financial independence goal. However, it all adds up and it all has a compounding effect. A lot of my focus for the last couple of years has been on the income side, but we have managed to keep our expenses relatively low. And if anything, we're probably decreasing our expenses over time. This is extremely important because our FI number is ultimately made up of trying to cover our annual expenses. And so if we can make a difference to these things, it does make a difference. However, more importantly, a lot of this is psychological. Nobody likes paying more and feeling out of control when it comes to expenses. So if we can somehow find a way to get on top of these things and keep our expenses under check, it does make us feel a lot happier from a day-to-day -day point of view. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, reach out to me at michaelatfirepodcast.ie. If you haven't already, check out firepodcast.ie and subscribe to my newsletter. Otherwise, I look forward to catching you on the next episode.